Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Unapologetically Different Podcast. This is Season 8, Episode 61. I'm your co-host, Key. And I'm your co-host, Coach P. And we're really excited about today's show. We are so honored to have this guest on today. He's a software programmer, entrepreneur, philanthropist, and a mathematical savant. <laughs> he is the co-founder and CEO of Claimant and the visionary behind a revolutionary business model for mobile applications. We'll like to give a very warm welcome to the one and only Ali Gates. Welcome, yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. welcome. Yes. And also, <laughs> Ali has his dad in the studio yes. with us today as well. Father Mo, welcome uh, to the studio. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, the hidden co-founders. Co-founder? <laughs> the hidden co-founder. Hidden nice. co-founder. Nice. Uh, the silent partner Sperm in the depository. <laughs> <laughs> that works too. That's a great way to start the show. That was a great people know my dad goes. One of my best shots, actually. <laughs> I see that. He made the cut. <laughs> That's great. Oh, that's <laughs> it's better than hit the three, man. I was a half court shot. <laughs> At the buzzer. Man, the lights are on, man. <laughs> For the win. Little do people know I take my dad with me. Because my dad, we, we, we go everywhere together. Everywhere. I that's good, that. though. I love it. Keep it in the family. You know what? Honestly, I think that's a great place just to kind of start it off. Yeah, um, sure. Do you mind just speaking to how important relationships are when yeah. it comes to creating businesses and creating that success because sometimes people will say you shouldn't be in business with family and or friends it doesn't work so do you mind speaking to that well to be honest we're not in business together related to claim it okay with respect to my board and investors you know I don't okay both that but as far as like other ventures that we have going on whether it's real estate and other things that we're looking at as far as tech investments and specifically my dad focused on real estate the family dynamic as well as like relationships is extremely important for me yeah it's kind of what I use and what I talk about often that help me get to the point where I am at now. Yeah. Okay. You know, my dad used to always tell me to sort of like, I need to always have a shoulder to lean on. Mm-hmm. So I have, you know, as he was, we were talking about earlier, I have a list of whether it's mentors, advisors, friends, parents, mm-hmm. my brothers, or sisters, et cetera. I can talk to them about different things. And yeah. I can talk to my dad specifically about any and everything. And, you always have some of the best advice. Yeah. I From the little that we got to speak before we actually recorded, you were just dropping gems. It was amazing. So I could definitely see you have a great mentor always was alongside you. So thank yeah. you. He's a comedian too, which is crazy. Yes. So, and a sharp so. dresser for those who yeah, are. Thank, <laughs> thank, thank you, guys. You know, you know, it's interesting because um, I realized that I've been down downtown Brooklyn for the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. I taught... Um, 12 years over at ASA College. Accounting, okay. You know, and um, my first uh, uh, experience with Brooklyn was working at the Bedford-Stuyvesant Restoration Corporation. Okay. We, we built the 24-track recording studio mm-hmm. in 1978. All right. We had three gold records. Okay. Yeah, we had that Vaughn Mason and crew, Roll Bounce. Okay. We had Young and Company, I Like What You're Doing to Me, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Dr. Buzzard and the Savannah Band. Okay. Out of a platinum factory right across from the Billy Holiday Theater. Talk about a throwback. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know none of those names. <laughs> really? Wow. Besides Billy Holiday. Yeah. yeah. Okay, um, cool. So do you mind just describing for our listeners what is the Claim It app? Yeah. And what does, what made you decide to like really tap into this market? This idea came about years ago, uh, 2009. And uh, I built the first version on... Uh, January 1st of 2009. So the idea came about in 2008. And so I built the first version in 2009. And it was this idea where like Groupon and Living Social was like, just like killing it that year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had wrote a, a thesis a few years prior that was called The Power of Free. So uh, people have been emailing me and also sending me direct messages about that Power of Free article. Okay. Because I changed my last name to my mother's maiden name. So why did you do that? You know, I've always wanted to, you know, Repackage it. New and improved. If you Google Power Free Ali Abdullah, it's the first yes. link that comes up and it's been retweeted like 90,000 times. It's crazy. But um, so I wrote this thesis uh, back 2006. So when I saw a group on and living social, like mm-hmm. really killing it, I said to myself, well, discounts are good. Free is better. Yeah. And so um, I kind of pulled this article, or I pulled this thesis from the archives and then I really, I took it to a few of my like mentors and I said okay. like, could this be a business? And um, uh, 
everyone supported me, but they were like, you got to obviously figure out like how you're going to make money. Yeah. So the idea just, you know, to stay with me for a few years and mm-hmm. then, you know, I got back on my feet, worked a couple jobs. And then around 2012, when I was working at Google, I wanted to get some co-founders for the business. And so I started reading a lot of books on like how to raise venture capital and et cetera. And then speaking to a lot of venture capital and a lot of also like entrepreneurs. Um, mm-hmm. And team was so important. And so I went out and, you know, and, and went to different, you know, hackathons and et cetera. And I met my co-founders and um, we got together and I shared the idea with them. Um, and then we started working, you know, every Sunday okay. uh, at a Starbucks. Um, okay. Starbucks on 145th Street in Bradhurst in Harlem. So mm-hmm. we worked there every morning. We opened the store at 8 a.m. and we would leave at 2 p.m. Wow. And so uh, every Sunday we worked at 27 weeks straight. Didn't take off a week. Dedication. So Yeah, so it was basically, you know, half of the year. Mm-hmm. Right? It was 52 weeks in a year. So we did 27 weeks straight. And, and, and when we had the prototype ready, um, you know, we took it to some investors and they were like, well, this is pretty cool. And then um, I couldn't raise any money at the time while I was working at Google. Um, so uh, we got soft commitments. Okay, I said soft and, commitments. And so that motivated me to leave. But the idea really just came about this through a tough time in my life. Mm-hmm. And so I saw this opportunity hidden in plain sight. And um, again, it was really motivated. I was really motivated because Groupon and Living Social was doing so well. Yes. And I felt that like free has this like emotional attachment to people. This, 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 you know, it's those, those four words are extremely powerful to people. Yeah. And it really gets people attention. But I figured... If we can, you know, use those four words and build something that is cool, fun, mm-hmm. trendy, um, it's marketable, and also doesn't have any strings attached. Yeah, you know, uh, I think people catch on. So we launched with the first version from the claimant truck, mm-hmm. which pretty much everyone knows in New York City. So we launched from this claimant truck, and um, it took off really slow. We were like, man, this mm-hmm. is this is a bad idea, this truck. And so the first three months, man, we were going to different location. And I happened to be in the truck and my co-founders weren't because they were really focused on product. And okay. me, I stepped into a new zone because like, you know, as CEO, I had to like do business development and mm-hmm. marketing and sales yeah. and, 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 and also software. So like a lot of hats. Yeah, I wore a lot of hats, but you know, in the business stuff, I wasn't really like that good at. So yeah. we would go out to locations and no one would come up to the truck. Everyone thought it was a scam. Yeah. So each and every day we would come back to the office and I would stay in the office about 3 a.m. And it's kind of like what my dad talked about earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Just sacrificing, making those commitments. What we talked about like yeah. before the show got started, I would go in the office and I would just like, just, you know, go to Google and type in like just growth hacking ways to like sort of get people excited. Like yeah. how to speak to customer service skills or, or ways to speak to mm-hmm. people walking up to the truck. And so what I started doing is removing myself from the claimant truck window and I would basically walk stand outside, be more personable, be more personable yeah. and yeah. then, you know, have the, you know, brand ambassadors in the truck and I would just kind of get people excited, mm-hmm. you know, getting out of my element once again. So I would like, just be like, just someone just on the street, just rounding people up. Yeah. And people really saw how the app work. And then that kind of just took off around like April of 2016. And then from there, it just kind of took off like wildfire. Claiming, in a nutshell, is a platform now that is a mobile app where people can post giveaways, right? These video giveaways in specific locations. And you can also buy and sell. And then we also have another part of business, which is which is a platform side of the business where companies, uh, developers can use our gateway API to basically run promotions and giveaways. So 16,000 okay. companies have used our platform. Oh, wow. So if That's you look good. at, like if you... For example, like Nike, their sneakers app, mm-hmm. they use that technology for like their giveaways. If they do like a sneaker drop, yeah. right, they have that giveaway feature. That's us, Supreme, all these companies kind of use that technology. So if you get emails from like Wayfair, yeah. uh, that tells you like, here's a giveaway happening, you have a countdown and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. That's our technology. So that's where we make our money. Then we also have the app. That's on the app store. That's only available for iOS. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Very awesome. Um, so what is the core difference between claimant's business model and how does it separate from other businesses that are similar? So I, I think our platform inside of our business is similar to like Amazon AWS. Okay. Because there's two ways we get paid. We could get paid from basically building a company's platform, right? So we call that white labeling. Okay. And then we also can get paid from developers and companies using our technologies in their app. Okay. So we get paid off basically like retrieval retrieve requests as well as instances. So like every okay. time someone clicks or perhaps like when the drawing happens mm-hmm. and, you know, the amount of data and the amount of, you know, people who are actually like participating in this raffle or this drawing yeah. get paid on that as well. Uh, and then on the app side, we have a business model, which is called surge pricing. So like um, if someone is perhaps posting a giveaway and it's a hot item, 
someone and somebody and a large amount of people are claiming this offer, mm-hmm. you know, users can pay more for a better chance to win it. Um, okay. So we we have you know we have the business model on the app side, then we also have the platform side of things. Okay. Cool. Nice. <laughs> so, like you said, you kind of mentioned this uh, a little bit before about how you read some books about venture capitalists yeah. and you were able to raise millions of dollars yeah. from huge companies like yeah. Goldman Sachs. Do you mind just speaking a little bit to that, letting our listeners know, like, what does that take to kind of go out there and go to these titans and, and really have them see your vision and willing to invest in that? Yeah, we didn't raise, this, again, I'm very careful what I say. So we didn't okay. raise any money from Goldman Sachs. Okay. Um, my money, my personal money is with Goldman Sachs. And so, but Got we it. have, former CIO of Goldman Sachs is investing in our company. Okay. And well, actually, he was our first investor. So a uh, big shout out to Dan Petrozo. Yeah. Um, but uh, just want to be you know, yeah, no, no problem. Yeah. But uh, you know, it was hard, man. But, you know, like my dad mentioned earlier, like before we got the show started, it was all about building relationships with people early on. Yeah, you know, sort of planting that seed, mm-hmm. and then like just sticking with those relationships, right? And so my the hardest thing was that I knew so many wealthy people. Yeah, and they admired me, and they admired my skill set, mm-hmm. and uh, it was hard not to ask these guys for money. And so. And luckily, you know, I would work on projects for a lot of these wealthy or mentors, et cetera. So that would, you know, that would be beneficial. But okay. as far as like me starting a venture, you know, it was hard for me to, you know, to go to one of these guys I know and say like, hey, I need a million dollars. So I need a hundred thousand dollars. And so, yeah. um, you know, I, I needed more of their, their, their advice, right. And their sort of their, their support rather than an endorsement rather mm-hmm. than their capital. Yeah. But when it was time to raise money, you just, you know, I, you're talking about eight, nine years of just relationship building. Mm. Um, okay. And them that. seeing the work. Okay. Right. That was important, right? Because they, they them seeing the work of, there's been you know, a number of projects I've worked on. Yeah. But claiming it's like really my first startup. Okay. That I went that out along my, that yeah. took off. I went out with my co-founders. We, we raised the capital. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, it was four of us, et cetera. And so, you know, that, that was really my first stab at it. Okay. But it was through a lot of failures prior you know, that I've learned and also speaking with a lot of, you know, peers who have, have, have failed in their startups, have raised a lot of money or perhaps have succeeded. So just going about it the right way and being very touchy as far as just like, you know, uh, uh, how we present ourselves, yeah. what the mission is, um, and also what's at stake here, man. Okay. All right. That's good. And I'm yeah. glad you pointed that out, too. In terms of you pitching to these high ballers and rollers, it's very important that you know how to have those conversations and yeah. to be in those rooms. So that the fact that you spoke about longevity and the fact that you spoke more about the growth of your company. And I noticed you mentioned your failures, and yeah. but you made it to this point. Can you speak to one or two failures that made you feel like, I don't even know if you second guess yourself in a process and you didn't want to move forward? Because a lot of entrepreneurs, we have that. We don't know if this is it, if it's the best shot, like it does said earlier, you know? So really speaking to that. Yeah, it's it's crazy because like there's, there's so many failures, even with the with the business. I think people see the recent success or the recent headlines that, you know, our company's being acquired. Okay. And obviously, I can speak a little bit about that because yeah. that's public. But, you know, there's a lot of failures going into that. I think a big failure even for, let's say, with the present business was that claimant truck. I think it was a good marketing strategy. Yeah. But, you know, for about a year and a half, two years, it was the only way to use the app was, you know, was to be physically in proximity to the claimant truck. Yeah. And so, although it was, we got a lot of PR attention and we got a lot of investor attention, we, we could have really raised a bar. Okay. That. And we were really stuck on this model because we had a lot of buzz. And so we got stuck in our ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, investors would tell us like, "Hey, man, like, you know, or, or, you know, you, you should do this, we should do that," and we're open to advice. Like my dad was so my earlier, I'm very coachable, and my team is. But yeah. we saw something working, and we were just like, "Nah, this is gonna work. This is gonna work." But then we didn't realize that like we needed a lot of capital to just even run this type of operation. Yeah, right? and in economies of scale, man, that, that's not the right way to actually run a software business, right, or any mm-hmm. business, right? Have all this capital expenditures and, and operation costs, and then you know you basically with essentially with no real revenue model in place, um, you just burn through the money really fast and yeah. then like you'll fail. So that was a big failure for us. It was just like sticking with that model mm-hmm. um, and really believing that like, this is the way, this is the future. This is, this is what's going to work. Yeah. Um, and I think obviously like my most notable failure was resigning from my job at the DOE at the time you know, okay. in 2008 to take on a new position, which uh, didn't happen uh, as fast as I expected. Okay. So, uh, that caused me to experience some really financial tough times. Yeah. So okay. I would say those are my two 
biggest failures. I mean, I had a lot of other failures. Yeah. Uh, whether it's investments or things of that nature, but nothing to the magnitude of like, you know, not having any money, not being able to provide for yourself mm-hmm. for months. And then also, um, you know, really just seeing a company go from zero to one so much faster than what it took in about three and a half, four years. Okay. So do you mind speaking a little bit about that time after you left the DOE? Yeah. Like kind of talking about the mindset. I think that's really important when you're going through like these adversities. Um yeah. Mindset is so important because it can be easy to kind of go into victim mode and and blaming other people, but and depression too. Exactly. Yeah. Like, can you speak to about the mindset that you had that helped you overcome that period of your life? Yeah, I think you know we grew up a very happy family. You know, we had a lot of tough times. You know, but my mom and my dad always provided for us. And mm-hmm. you know, my dad, you know, he has a way of you know being optimistic mm-hmm. all the time, right? You know, obviously we all moody, but he's always happy, and he has a sense of you know pride with himself and yeah. even the way he dresses, right? So that's kind of, <laughs> this uh, is true. <laughs> seriously, that's kind of like what mm-hmm. I would imagine would get his day started, right? Like yes. you look good, you feel good, mm-hmm. right? No matter what you have in your pockets, like you look good, you feel good. Yes, right? I've always noticed that. That all right? Well, you know, my, my, whatever he puts on, he walks out the house, he feels good. Mm-hmm. You know, like look, we'll see what the day brings us. Mm-hmm. Um, for me. You know, I've never experienced depression. Obviously, I experienced a lot of, like, just doubting myself. Yes. Like, damn, I made the wrong decision. You know, will I be, you know, back in the situation where I was a couple of years ago? Or Are perhaps. Huh? Are you enough? Yeah. Like, yeah. It just, you know, just, I've doubted myself a lot, but I've never experienced depression as far okay. as, like, because I'm a go-getter. Mm-hmm. And I know what my skill is. I know I, I've really tapped into who I am and my talent. Mm-hmm. And I know that 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 is what people seen it, you know, see, you know, really saw me, you know, okay. early on. And so, um, you know, growing up in, in Harlem, the thing for me was that, you know, software development wasn't cool. It wasn't, you know, the way it's marketed now, right? The way it's like exposed now to mm-hmm. our people, it yeah. wasn't cool. You know, when I learned it, and my teacher at the time, Omar Thorpe in high school, taught us. Yeah. My my junior year at school. Yeah. It wasn't cool. It's like now I want to play ball, or I want to, you know, I want to, you know make beats or whatever it is like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So i tried all these different things because like yeah this is what's in this is what's in plain sight for me mm-hmm. and then when i you know got accepted to these schools and i started really you know being around these important people I, it wasn't for my smile it wasn't for my you know for you know, perhaps knowing somebody it was really because like they saw something in me and so yeah. they really gave me a shot and so I, start, you know, I started tapping into myself and saying, like, all right, well, this is what people see into me. And then I started seeing some of the checks that comes with it. And I mm-hmm. realized, like, all right, well, I need to stick with this. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, you know, everything just really just kind of fell on my lap because I stood focused. And, like, when I got that opportunity to work at Google, it was it was a no-brainer. And um, I mean, my dad was super shocked. I'm like, Dad, I don't really talk much about, like, if I'm doing anything. Yeah. So I remember telling my dad, like, I'm like, well, starting this job at Google next week. He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I just want to jump in and say it's Go that ahead. it's been um, it's been amazing for me mm-hmm. just even being here right now um, to see the focus. You know, I think that determination perhaps is the single most important ingredient yeah. to success. Yeah, being determined, you know, with all of the obstacles, and I think Ali probably I'm not going to speak for him. He's sitting here now. I think he's gotten to the point and. Um, I certainly agree with it that the obstacles are motivating now. Yeah, know? it's almost sure. like we are embracing our haters now. You know, yeah, like they totally. Kind of mm-hmm. let you know you are totally. you on your job. You yeah, know? yeah. They, and they really don't hate you. They really love you. you know? <laughs> they just don't know how to express it. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, That's true. Um, so it's been remarkable for me to watch the journey. You know, to mm-hmm. to see him continuously take these risks. Um, I remember that I asked Ali, and I, I still am so tempted to ask him again. It's like, how do you get to meet these people, right? And, <laughs> and he's like, Dad, how do they get to meet me? That's all right there. So, 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 I, so I wait I wait three years to ask the same question again. Right? <laughs> I get the same response. I was like, I'm not asking this guy again, right? Yeah. But, but I am so curious, you know. Um, you know, it's like basically, but, but I've been able to witness it. I've been able to... Yeah. To see the uh, the hard work, you know, um, I can't really sit here and say that he's connected because his parents and this, that, and the other. It, it really yeah, has. Most it people really think has, that. It really has been uh, hard work. It really has been focused. It's, it's been tremendous, and it's been very inspirational to me to just to see, you know, the years later and staying on it and the development and the, the things and the people that I've met and 
who he's done and, and just, you know, like he's on a mission. You yeah. Know? Um, and I think that's very inspirational and something that uh, I think a lot of young people, you know, not just young people, but people who need to focus, you know, um, one of Ali's expressions that touch me is that he thrives on minimum distraction yeah. mm, yes. and we live in a world that has it's plenty scary. of yeah. distraction lots of it yeah. Lots, yeah. very much so yeah i'm glad you spoke to journey and what it was like in coming up especially pertaining to you developing this app and kind of keeping you going yeah. and <clears> speaking to that a lot of people have been recognizing you along the way too so what was it like getting the recognition for yeah, different platforms like cnn new york post that's yeah. a big thing msnbc yeah, for um for sure. entrepreneur magazine what was it like getting those a different exposure did that affect your ego in any way because you are from harlem you know how y'all get see that's the thing <laughs> <laughs> i'm no. from the bronx so we real humble oh, from the bronx is nice <laughs> Let, let me just say this yeah, quick. Sure. You know what's so and interesting? That's a great question because yeah, a great question. the thing Thank about you. it, I, I would look at Ali and it's like, like for example, we were in the Breakfast Club. Uh, I think it was February 13th. Yeah. It was my yeah. brother. Ali's the kind of guy like he would not even mention that to yeah. me normally. You know, mm -hmm. so it's been a lot of things that he's done and places and so he's like doesn't even mention yeah. it you know and you know I'm trying to get this guy to look at the interview he had at the breakfast club I've never you know? watched anything I wouldn't even I'm not gonna watch this and, and since I'm on this roll I'm gonna throw this I out I mean there. I'm watching but background I'm background but I'm not gonna have the volume on but well let me just mention this this is something Ollie never mentions Apple yes. the corporation mm -hmm. had their uh, first ever <laughs> TV series uh-huh called Planet of the Apps. Yes. Did you hear about it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, Ali was on episode 10. There yeah. were like 200,000 applicants yes. and people considered yeah. for that. Ali was on. His mm -hmm. episode was called These Guys Are Hustlers. Yeah. yeah. Last episode. It was a great, it was a great yeah. episode. This type of thing Ali doesn't even mention. Yeah. You know, so ego-wise, it's not. Yeah, no, I, I think you know, I'm, I'm, I hate when you mention that, man, because I hate that. Opportunity. <laughs> I, I hate the fact that we took part in that. Why? Because it's solely focused on Ali, you know, Ali Gates and running okay. this company. Whereas, like, we submitted this application, you know, because Apple wanted us to, to submit this yes. application. We submitted the application as a team. Yeah. And since my co-founder didn't have this outgoing personality or this dynamic story of That's homelessness, it, yeah. of tough times, right. it was like, Ali to have you as a subject and so okay. I had to go through this beating of like mm -hmm. becoming a reality star for a couple months and that was not fun at all Yeah. so to answer your question mm -hmm. about like as far as people have asked me startups my friend just emailed me earlier this week like Ali can you introduce me to your PR person I'm like we've never had a PR person mm. <laughs> I'm like well we paid for PR agencies and yeah. companies mm -hmm. um, we've never got anything Okay. actually I'm lying so one time we spent $40,000 or so over like a six month or eight month period um, for uh, with this PR agency. They got us a New York Post article, okay. the first one. So that's it. Mm -hmm. Everything else we got ourselves just from hard work, reaching out to people. Okay. I wrote a bike dad from 2012 to 2016. It's about almost three and a half, four years. Yeah. I, yeah. I that used to worry me. <laughs> I rode a bike every day from Harlem to Google. Every day. I take my wow. daughter to school, mm -hmm. rode a ride a bike okay. every day. My bosses can tell you that my colleagues, I rode a bike every day. So mm -hmm. when we launched Claim It, I remember when we had spent that forty or $50,000 for publicity, mm -hmm. um, one of our advisors, Garen, um, you know, he said, Ali, you are the publicity. You need to go out and get the, uh, yeah. get the press. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm already doing business development mm -hmm. marketing. I don't have a clue what I'm doing. Yeah. He says, man, tell your story, demo the app to people. And so, like, I'm in the mode where, like, you got to do everything you can to get your company out there. Yeah. And there's no, there's nothing I would not do for my company, right? Okay. So there's taking the trash out, mm -hmm. driving the truck to locations, which I've done, riding a bike, you know, dropping people off the train. Yeah. It don't matter what it is. Yeah. So what I started doing was just researching, like, where the media is going to be tomorrow. Yeah. Where the media is going to be next week. Okay. And I'll take my bike. Mm -hmm. Did you not? And I'll bike all the way to... Cipriani to be Inc. Magazine. Yeah. Oh, wow. They had an event there. And mm -hmm. people would know of your company. Like, little do you know, like, with you know, when you fundraising and when you raise capital, you have a team, your product is out there. Like, mm -hmm. people are familiar in your industry. Like, oh, I know Claim It, right? Yeah. Um, and so I, I went up to the producers of Inc. Magazine. I'm like, hey, man, like, you know, I'm Ali Gates. I'm doing this and that. I have a good team. I have good investors. We've raised this. But check out the app. And what I would also do is, um, which is crazy, I would mm -hmm. I ride my bike to wherever the press is. Okay. Show up, 
typically never pay a ticket just to slide my way in. Mm-hmm. And then I will coordinate. <laughs> kid you not, I will coordinate mm-hmm. with the, the brand ambassadors to have the truck come. Okay. And pull up and just give our free shit. Okay. So now you create a buzz. Yeah. yeah. You see what I'm saying? So like, we, would, we did that at yeah. Cipriani. We did that at so many different locations. We were on this TV show called, oh my goodness, I can't remember the TV show name, but uh, we did the same thing. They were shooting in Brooklyn. Yeah. The team come back and say like, hey, Ali, man, you know, these producers came up and like what we were doing. I said, all right, well, have the truck there every day over the next couple yeah. days and just give out the craziest stuff, sneakers and headphones. And so they were like, hey, we want to put you guys on the show. So wow. that those words are free, yeah. are so powerful. Yeah, we would is. do that at every location. So I would get the press. Mm-hmm. I would kind of will them in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kid you not. Like, this yeah. is true. Because people have asked me, like, how do you get all this press? I'm like, I do hard work. And, then, you know, it wasn't just emailing them like, hey, you know, we raised $5 million in our first round of capital and yeah. we have this amount of users. Mm-hmm. They're getting that pitch from everyone in this room. Mm-hmm. Right. And oftentimes, like, everyone is lying and inflating these numbers that, yeah. that they're doing this. They raise this. They do that. So what we would do is say, like, we're building something, con- like, con- completely unique. Yeah. And we got this little pink truck that's like really gonna get your attention. Okay. So I would go to CNN, Jonathan Wald, uh, the, the former president of CNN, Jonathan Wald. Um, I met him on my gym mm-hmm. and he's working out. I'm working out. And I'm like, uh, someone told me to talk to you. Like, I'm not scared to talk to anyone, right? I'm mm-hmm. nervous all the yeah. time, but I'm not scared to like just be awkward and show yeah. like my yeah. business. So I show I showed Jonathan Wald the app. He's like, Oh, my son has the app. So, oh, wow. <laughs> you like got him. Like, universe, shout out to Jonathan Wall because <laughs> it's the universe right there. Like, we in New York, so yeah. I know that we had a, a big presence in New York. We yeah. had a shit ton of press in New York. Yeah. So, um, and, well, national press, but also like it was very hyper local in New yeah. York as well. So mm-hmm. everyone knew that of that claimant truck. Yeah. So Jonathan Wall's like, yeah, my son used that app. Yeah, it's pretty good. That's you behind it. And I'm like, yeah, that's me. Yeah. He's like, all right, yeah, let's talk. So I'm like, man, you know, like, would it be cool? Could we get on CNN? He's like. Yeah. I'll see what I can do. Harass him for a couple of weeks. He's uh-huh. like, all right, we'll make it happen. I'm like, what? So <laughs> like, you know, it's just hard up. work, man. Yeah. Just like going yeah. after. So we, we've, we've never used, you know, breakfast club, for example, one of us on for years. And I harassed Angela, but yo, let's go on the show. She, and then when she hit me, you know, let's do it now. I'm like, nah, it's not the right time. Oh, okay. Because like mm-hmm. for a year and a half, I just stayed off the press, sort of the, the press circuit because like, to your point, mm-hmm. people started thinking that, because her business wasn't taking off, like, you know, just really to the next level. It was yeah. growing, but it just really, it, it didn't make that huge jump or that yeah. huge leap. Investors and our board were like, Ali, you know, we feel like you're being distracted by the whole glistening glimpse of speaking at these conferences. Yeah. And, and to their point, it, it was a distraction because yeah. when you're filming for Inc. Magazine, it's six hours. Uh. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you're not in and out. It's not like a podcast. You come in, yeah. do your interview, you go. Yeah. It's all these... Big interviews, they come to the office, meet the team. We did we did a CNBC piece. That took 12 hours. Wow. Wow. We started at the office at 7 a.m. It aired on July 16th of 2017, mm-hmm. the day before my daughter's birthday. We shot at the office, 6 a.m. Then they followed me riding my bike from East Harlem all the way down to, um, to over where Happy Sox is located okay. in Soho. Mm-hmm. That took like two hours because mm-hmm. while we're on the FDR highway, they're like, all right, stop there, pose. Yeah. <laughs> Ride down. And like, wow. seriously. And so like that took all 12, day. 13 yeah. hours. Then when we get to Happy Socks, we get there, we set up the truck, put the cameras outside. I'm inside talking with the Happy Socks, COO, Stefan. Um, they're based out of Sweden. I love that company. Mm-hmm. And um, they're like, all right, well, we're going to eat some Chobani yogurt on the corner afterwards. Non-stop. And so, wow. like, it's it's really a distraction, but, you know, it, most people think that, like, you know, I get I get high off this stuff, man. I, I really don't. I, I appreciate everything that every reporter, editor has written about the company, um, but I've never watched anything I've ever been a part of, mm-hmm. especially when it's focused on, like, myself, and it makes it seem like I'm one founder growing this company. We have a great team, of great co-founders, great investors, good board, and, yeah. and it took a team to really to, to get us where we are today. Do you think that has a lot to do with the fact that you've been at, like, the lowest moment in your life where you have experienced sure. being homeless? So sure. when you're at the top, it, like, it balances you out, even though you don't let it get to your head. For sure. But it just gives you a good balance. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I never looked at me being at the top, even with this acquisition. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, sure, you, you make some life-changing money, but, yeah, you can't get too high on yourself because you got to remember, you know, we're raising capital. We're talking to people that 
yeah. has five and six, seven, ten times the you know my net worth yeah. or you know what I have in my bank account. So I come in with this beginner's mind approach mm-hmm. that you know, all right, well we we check this box. What's next? Yeah. So I never really got high on that. Then also you got to remember when you have a team, it's so important that like your team doesn't see you feeling yourself. Yeah. So yeah. no one can never say that about my team. You know, let's mm-hmm. just. Ollie, man, you you so down to earth. I remember we went on a tour. We went on a cross-country tour from L.A., took the truck from L.A. Mm-hmm. through 12 states, mm-hmm. back to New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And we hit 12 college campuses. And I slept in the back of the truck where I, every, you know, I mean, we had hotels. But, yeah. like, during the day, I would just sit in the back of the truck and work on my laptop. Yeah. Where uh, David and another colleague at the time would just sit in the, in the driver's seat and the passenger seat. Yeah. So I'm always selfless and making sure that my team feels good and I get paid the least at my company. Yeah. Um, wow. That's, that's, that's a true dope. story. You can look that up on SEC. That's um, dope. And so, like, that's just how I, I roll. I'm all about team. I'm all about embracing others. Okay. You know, when I'm in meetings with the team, you know, I'm doing less talking, more listening, and also helping them Glad problem solve. That. Okay. True story. going to be a follow-up question to that, actually. Yeah, like, how story. do you keep it intact in terms of, like, accepting constructive criticism from your team um, and then making sure that they all feel comfortable in their positions and their roles? Because oftentimes we work for companies and we don't feel yeah. like we're getting the proper justice or service yeah. from our bosses. So how do you keep that intact? Along, aside from just not speaking as much in the meetings, but what other avenues have you done? You know, the actions speak louder than words. Valid. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, so, and I'm big on actions. You have a company, you have 12, 13, 14, 15 employees. Mm-hmm. They might not see me for a week, but I'll come back and say, like, hey, this article is going to be up on CNN. We got this partnership for $200,000. Actions. Yes. You know, like, mm-hmm. perhaps let's say I'm posting a picture and I'm on the beach. Mm-hmm. That's the end of my day. Okay. Like, mm-hmm. the early part of my day, I'm, I'm hustling, yeah. you know, and I'm grinding. So, you know, I think my team always sort of, you know, see the action. They call me sort of RoboCop. Well, okay. they call me RoboCop, but they call me, because, like, <laughs> I'm always, like, policing, but at the yes. same time, like, they call me machine because I'm always just, like, I never get tired. Okay. I drink no caffeine. They call they say I have a natural high. I don't drink no caffeine. I don't take no naps. I'm just always, I'm always in work mode. Okay. And speaking of being in work mode, like, what is your, we talk about self-care on the show a lot. Like, what is your workout regimen or yeah. self-care tips that you do per day to kind of keep you on the go? Uh, well, I rode a bike for years, so okay. you know that's some amazing cardio. I haven't rode a bike, man, in about two and a half years or so, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Now I live in Jersey, okay. Um, but you know, I work out in the mornings or in the evenings, okay. Say like three days a week. I try to get some basketball in, okay. And then are you uh, nice? Like pretty good. Yeah, all pretty right, good. decent. All right. Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> um, Pops, what you think? I, I, think, I think he's uh, better because he I made think, a shot. I, th- I think he's. I think he's. Um, I think he's making a lot of understatements. <laughs> um, I I am a fan um, very much. Yeah, I can hoop. Um, I, yeah, yeah I, I think one People of the think things... I can't hoop, man. It's so yeah. Everyone. I, yeah, I, I think one of the things that that I, I remember I was coaching him. We were playing at the Y okay. back when he was like, you know, 14, 15, 16. Yeah. You know, just... Um, I also play ball as well, okay. you know, up in uh, in Harlem. But Sugar Hill. But All but right. it's interesting how Ali took his um, his skill because I I thought, I mean, he didn't jump that well and his def- defense was real suspect. Yeah, but he was, <laughs> for sure, for sure. but he was a great play. He was a good play. He was a good play. A lot of heart, man. Yeah. But <laughs> but dedication. he also to Allen Iverson. Can we, can we not? Now he went to Allen Iverson. But Thank he wound you. he wind up having. NBA players invest in the company yeah. well, as yes. well as team owners. Uh-huh. So, as advisors so as well. I thought that was fascinating. I still think that's fascinating how you make the transition from a love of the sport to transitioning to getting the players as well as the team owners. Yeah. As I think Ollie's sitting in like six NBA arenas. I know mm-hmm. it's Barclay, New York, mm-hmm. Philly, Atlanta, Milwaukee. Milwaukee and, and, and yeah, yeah, it's like... Um, so that's been a great transition, mm-hmm. you know, how he's moved from the love of the sport and now, and then, you know, his affiliations with Nike, yeah, uh, sure. you know, Nike. and the sneakers it's, that are coming in like through the yeah, Nike's a big, they, They're a big supporter of the Claimant app. So yeah. Remember you mentioned that earlier. Big mm-hmm. supporter of the Claimant app. So, you know, free stuff. I love it. And I love Nike stuff. So it keeps in that stuff. Nike. So is the basketball the angle you use to get your two basketball players that you had a part being advised? No, nah, not at all. Is that, is that an angle? No, nah, not, <laughs> nah, not at all. Um, honestly, so um, 
Al Harrington invested in the company because uh, I bust his ass and ball. Oh, okay. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I'm I not. need to see your seats. But, no, I, you know, Daddy is young, you know, who's like, he's like my older brother slash little brother. But okay. he's younger than me, right? Okay. And, and you got to say older brother because he has more money than you. <laughs> but, uh, out of respect. Yeah, out of respect, right? But, <laughs> but no, Dad is like a brother of mine. And okay. Dad, I knew Dad for years. And mm-hmm. um, he's just so intelligent. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was hard to ask him for money. And, and Dad would tell you, Dad was like, I invest. You need to, you know, I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> so I, it, it's just, you know, these relationships have been person relationships. Yes. So, you know, um, I did ask Al to invest in the company. Okay. And then I've been trying to invest in Al's company for about a year now. And okay. he keeps telling me, sending me documents. He never sent documents. Okay. Uh, I, this is on record. Like, this is I've learned with dealing with the media. I have a lot of coaching. Garen's one of my advisors. He's also like just, just a personal mentor of mine. Um, yeah. Cheryl Huggins, who worked for the company, who lives in Brooklyn. Um, these are people that have coached me for the last two, three years mm-hmm. on the media training. So, like, I'm not going to ever, you know, get too comfortable with step out of my space, which is why. Yeah. I, yeah. But, but man, I could put that on a record. Hopefully, Allison knows documents. He's doing very well. He has a cannabis company. And I just seen that, like, two months ago in January. Well, in January, three months ago. So, and um, I was like, I'm seeing the documents so you can just get in right away. And, like, I texted Al. He's like, hey, they're coming, they're coming, they're coming. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, I did ask Al for money early on because, you know, it's funny. When he was the first person because Al was always a big brother of mine. Yeah. And I met him through his sister, Tiffany, who I spoke to earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the first guy to really just take me under his wing as someone of color. Yeah. Um, as someone uh, who had a lot of fame at the time. He was playing yeah. for the Knicks. He was a man. He had mm-hmm. billboards all over the place. He had his shoe company, yeah. protege. And he was like, yo, man, I need you on my team. I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. And Sign me up. <laughs> he, he was a, you know, Everyone else, all the you know wealthy folks, you know, saw that potential in me, so yeah. they took me under their wings. But at least someone of color, and it just says his, his brilliance because he has now like 50, 60 people working for his company full time. Yeah, his company's now worth like one hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah. Um, and so like he he was just like he saw that he saw that driving me early on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I never screw out. I've always been honest with him. Yeah. Um, and 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 he looks at me like like, like a little brother. And, yeah. Um, so. You know, I asked him for money and then, you know, to pay back, um, I was like, Al, like, can I invest in your company? I have some money now. Yeah. He's like, I know, I know, bro. Like, I know. <laughs> and he's like, um, uh, how much money you got now, man? I'm like, <laughs> I, like I love Al, man. He was like, how much money you got now? I'm like, I got some paper. <laughs> he's like, all right. He's like, all right, all right, babe, we're going to do it. Can you do this? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I can do that. Yeah. And I'm like, showing him my account. I'm like, I can do that. He's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, I can, I can do that. And he's like, I'm going to see you in the dockets now. <laughs> So you know, it's interesting, too, because uh, a friend of mine mm-hmm. who didn't know that Ali was my son uh-huh. did a article on him in GQ magazine. Oh, yeah. Okay. Really early. I, I think Ali was like 20. Yeah. And he still always brags about, you know, like the, the insight he had yeah. and seeing, you know, the Ali's qualities. Mm-hmm. I, I've been in a lot of stuff, man. It's crazy. Like, I don't have none of that stuff. GQ, I don't know where none of that stuff mm-hmm. is. Yeah. And even like... Um, you know, like, you know, if I try to search for that, some of that stuff, man, it's like, you know, you got to, I don't have time, like, going, combing through the web. Yeah. You know, even yeah. We're going to do it because we're going to put this book together. <laughs> we're going to put this book together that, that. Okay. I have book agencies, like, I have, like, media, uh, booking, speaking bureaus. Yeah. You know, asking me, man, you know, what I want to join there, sort of just speaking list and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, nah, not really. That's not my thing, but it's my not dad, your thing. Be more so because of who, being humbling in terms of who you are. It's not about humble. It's just like you know, it's just like it go about. It's just really focus on like you said, like minimum distractions. Like that just yeah, yeah it doesn't drive me. Okay, um, but finding new problems related to to software. Yeah, um, finding new problems that can really solve like you know how people behave in their smartphones. Yeah. or how they interact each and every day. Like those are big problems, and that would make me a billionaire. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me so, let me just. My dad, he has really. You know, and he's been a really uh been a breath of fresh air, and, and it's allowed me to be more open to listening and taking part in this stuff. Yeah, but but it's also important to note that you know so many young people want to yeah. be entertainers, they want to be rappers, oh, yeah. they want to be sports yeah. people, and the science, technology, the engineering, and math. So I think the time is not exactly right for the book. Yeah. I, think, I think we have one more milestone perhaps to yeah. achieve. You know, yeah. Everything's um, in due time. But then the book becomes a blueprint mm-hmm. and a documentary and an inspiration. It's not so much you're writing a book to be yeah. famous or make money. Yeah. But but to 
provide inspiration mm-hmm. from someone who represents yeah. people yeah. who need to to look inside of themselves and see more than what is being portrayed in yeah. terms of Valid. like you know yeah. Yeah. just being a, a sports per- person mm-hmm. or an entertainer yeah, yeah. Thing, yeah. You know? uh, I love that you mentioned that point because that was actually leading into the next question that okay. I wanted to ask was um, with the success that you've had now I know you do philanthropic work as well can you kind of speak to that in terms of how important it is to you to give back to your community and like yeah. you said laying that foundation for other people to yeah. come up and follow your in your footsteps to kind of create success for their lives. Yeah. You know, with the capital now, you know, I'll be doing more sort of like philanthropic, you know, yeah. sort of like, you know, uh donations. You know, I've done a few in the past, but I think I just offer my time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm very also very sensitive to that word philanthropic because like I'm around like a lot of rich people and like when they talk about their philanthropists, like they're putting up some real cash. Yeah. So like, yeah. you know, I'm not gonna go around saying I'm a philanthropist and like, you know, donating fifteen hundred dollars to this. Yeah. Nah, it's not no money. But um But I, it's something. I well, try you, to you, my time. You know, interesting enough, you know, everybody gets twenty four hours a day, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So your time is perhaps one of the the for sure, the biggest for sure. things yeah. that you can give. No, I just when, you know, I, when I hear philanthropy, I'm just like, uh, well, I'm not a philanthropist, but no, but but well, Ali's a generous guy, and even Ali coming out here doing this yeah. this podcast, yeah. you know, yeah, sure. you know, I was kind of like, really, you know, he's like, <laughs> you know, really, but that's all part of the come up, right? Yeah. Isn't that's yes, all part of the come up? Yes. You 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 know, it's like it's like. You look at these moments, and I, I think I think because of my age, I've been no, able no, to no. like really. Yeah, you know, yeah. when you're 66, you don't care no more. <laughs> no, it's cool because I understand. That was cool. <laughs> hey, listen, I already beat the odds. I'm not even supposed to be here. You know what I mean? Oh, we yes. we didn't come through. I I'm still maintaining my sanity. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like sure. I'm not perfect, but I mean, it's like 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 I am a fan. I, you know, it's it's about us giving. For example, just just to like. Because of my association exposure to Ollie and I'm looking at these apps and these algorithms mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, I'm thinking about artificial intelligence. What's amazing now is the genetic, the DNA genetic coding, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm looking at myself, like my undergraduate degree is in accounting from Baruch. Mm-hmm. I have an MBA from Columbia, yes. right? Mm-hmm. For the last 20 years, I've been working in human services, yeah, right? Brothers and sisters coming home from prison, mm-hmm. right? Yes. I mean, I've got people working in every restaurant, washing dishes, yeah, rest direct, you name the companies, right? Mm-hmm. So when you talk about philanthropy, right, we're talking about giving back, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You understand it's like so many ways to do it. It's not yes. a job for me. It's for a sure, purpose. For sure. yeah. You know, it's like people, um, That's you, well know, said. you know, well said. That, that, that giving and inspiring yeah. is really the thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, um Knowing that, and again, as I mentioned earlier, you know, if you if you can put your phone down, mm-hmm. if you can put your phone down, right? Yeah. And focus and, and work on minimum distractions, yeah. right? For a sustained period of time, you'll be amazed at what you'll be able oh, to absolutely. do. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's one Very of the things true. said by Ali that I really admire. I mean, Ali and I would be on the phone. It's like sometimes I think about it, it's like, okay, if I was a sanitation truck driver, it's not knocking those guys. But uh, he's like, when he was going through his stuff and he's like, you know, dad, not everybody's saying yes. You know, it's like the fact that I understood business yeah, and perhaps living through Ollie vicariously, yeah. you know what I mean? We could, we could dialogue and I could appreciate yeah. what he was going through, you know, it's yeah. talking about convertible notes and, yeah. and all of that type of stuff. It's like, like I'm really getting high on this. I didn't really do it, but, but, you know, to see him doing it and for him and to be able to, to, have that relationship where, you know, like if I didn't understand what he was talking about, yeah. he still would love me, you know. Yeah. I probably wouldn't be here, but, <laughs> but you know. I love it. Yeah, so I, I think, I, you know, um, one of my biggest mentors and biggest fans, and I love him to death, Jeffrey Canada, the Harlem Children's Zone. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Spent a lot of time there. So whatever Je- Jeffrey asked me to do. Yeah. You know, so we talk about philanthropy, anything for the Harlem Children's Zone. If he asked me to do it, done. Okay. Uh, Jeffrey knows everybody, but like, Specifically, maybe people around like, you know, athletes or celebrities. He might say, "Ali, I need an introduction." Like, for yeah. example, like last year, he was just like, "Ali, uh, introduce me to Angela Yee." I was like, "All right, cool." Put him on the email. Yeah. So like, um, and then also giving my time to like his students. Um, okay. He had a uh, 
his uh, his computer science program, his web development program back in 2016. I was the first guy there to help out, nice. help write the mm-hmm. curriculum. Um, and so much stuff. Newark, um, New Jersey. Newark, New Jersey mm-hmm. with the mayor. <laughs> so much stuff. Again, it's like, you know, that, that, really, that stuff really doesn't drive me. It's just like, you know, man. But I guess for me, I see whatever. it as when you do that type of, I mean, I get it the aspect of it being funds related and you know you see people that put up a lot more but yeah. it's like when we talk about just volunteering you you know some people do more than what you can but I always yeah. say a little bit is better than nothing you know and then you work your way up but my thing is pertaining to you going around and giving speeches and stuff of that nature oh, yeah. more so for the younger generation especially ones of color from these neighborhoods of Harlem and the Bronx or Brooklyn yeah. that may not have had the same accessibility and advantage to these things how do you plan to tap into those demographic of people if you're not going to be going about doing speeches like what angles do you have to work on that? Uh, I'll give you a good example so I spoke two years in a row at the uh, uh, Urban League conference okay and each time they offered us a fee to offer me a fee to speak okay I told them give the fee to the organization that okay. you guys were raising money for oh, okay I did it all the time great. because like again you know flying here for two thousand dollars I mean again I'm not I don't have all the money in the yeah. world but that's no money I'm not yeah you know, preparing no speech. I'm not a motivational speaker to yeah. go somewhere to get paid five grand. Like you can give that to the charity. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would do that all the time. Um, I've done that n- a number of times. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, what's your fee? I'm like, I don't need a fee. For example, uh, a good friend of mine is Kevin Smith, who's out of DC, mm-hmm. uh, the 100 black men. Okay. Uh, I spoke at their event yeah. uh, back in 2013. Mm-hmm. You can get the fee away. Okay. He asked me this year, like, Oh, Ollie, you need a big fee. We're going to put together these money, this money for you. I said, yeah, yeah I'm good. You can take that money. So, and that's on record. Yeah. Know, I can, Kevin, he can call in. Yeah. You know, he, he's, you know, he follows me on social media. So I'll post this and mm-hmm. you'll see it. So this, these are all just facts. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's my way of giving. I don't need to take, okay. um, you know, from anyone. Yeah. Um, I, I, I help so many, so many startups yeah. in our space with, um, with, with how to go about hiring teams, how to go about hiring distributing teams. Yeah. Put them in touch with certain people. Yeah. I'm happy to do that stuff. So that's my way of giving back. What is your take on diversity with startups? Like the ones that you do help and assist, do you do you come across ones that are only have one type of demographic in terms of the people that they're working with? Or do you see diversity among it? And how would you try to introduce that conversation if it's not there? You know, I think what my dad mentioned earlier is that like people are really, they're, they're really lost in the sauce, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. like everybody wants to be so IG famous. Everybody wants to be an artist. Everybody yeah. wants to be a rapper. Everybody wants to be the next Angela Yee, the next mm-hmm. Charlamagne. I get this, those are requests I get all the time. Like, I got this going on. How can you help me out with that? I'm like, I don't know that world. Yeah. Like, I know the world of software. And yeah. It's like, oh, I don't know what that means, man. Have a good day. So, like, I think what, I think the things that people are missing oftentimes, what I see from African-American founders who are looking to launch tech companies, yeah. whether it's an app or platform, it don't matter, just a technology company, have no team. Yeah. No team. And no team. Okay. No team. You can't launch a tech company with no technical founder. Yeah. Or no technical team. Valid. Like my dad, if he put together him and two of your friends, let's say GQ and you know, and Paul Griffin. Come on, stop. Like, seriously, like these are good friends, but they have no technical expertise. Yeah. So, and not to throw no shade, it's just like those are his good friends. Those are like those are like basically my uncles. Mm-hmm. Who, you know, but that's not a tech company. Yeah. So no one's taking no one's looking at you as a credible team. Mm-hmm. So thus, I have no tech company. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm just, you know, I'm just, you know, we're just joking here. But it's like, you know, yeah. I see that all the time. It's like, I have this idea. I need to launch this company. Yeah. I'm like, you need to find a technical founder. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Well, someone who can actually write software. Mm-hmm. And that person needs to be like someone who's like, like your right arm, your left arm. Yeah. Um, And then you can focus on perhaps the marketing, the business development stuff, the ideation and stuff. Yeah. But I never, I really see like strong teams. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of single founders, which is a huge red flag with raising capital. Uh-huh. Yeah. And committed to focus. Yeah. You know, what I see is I got this idea. I got this idea. I mm-hmm. got this idea. Well, me, I get validations for my idea, right? Yeah. So I, I might have an idea. Tell my dad. Normally, I always tell my dad like mm-hmm. my ideas. My dad will be sort of like he'll play devil's advocate. Okay. And he'll give me criticism. Mm-hmm. He might not even know the industry, but he'll say, all right, well, you know, here's my thoughts. And my dad would do his research on it. Yeah. He'll come to me maybe a few days later. We'll talk about it some more. Then I'll take it to like my mentors, my yeah. advisors. Then I'll take it perhaps to who I envision to be my user base. Yeah. So I get all these validations. Mm-hmm. And then like when I feel like I'm solving these problems and I cover these holes, then I'm going full speed with this. Okay. You know, I see everyone is kind of like, I have a clothing line, but it's just a t-shirt. 
that's not credible. Yeah. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, that's you know, like, like, like to me, a coding line is like someone who can like yeah. architect, you know, who yeah. could like my sister, my sister, you know, stilettoswap.com. Okay. Right? My sister, she can build a shoe from the ground up mm-hmm. and then she can, you know, design and decorate a shoe like, like no wonder. Yeah. Not, no, not, like, you know, I've seen, we've seen a lot of people on social media who, basically can embellish shoes like it yeah. doesn't look like my sister's shoe and I'm not being biased yet at yeah. all because my You're sister just being honest. so mm-hmm. it's like to me that's what get credibility Yeah, you know not just oh, here's my t-shirt line or I have this app idea and you know here's this napkin idea mm-hmm. I have it's like kind of build it out show that you put some sweat into this yeah so you know, valid so, so I wanted to kind of well th- thank you for sharing that yeah. and I kind of wanted to just take a step back briefly um, as we're kind of gearing up towards the end of the show okay but when you were talking about giving back and making a difference to a community and also um, laying out that blueprint, yeah. um, that's something that Nipsey Hussle, who actually recently passed away, oh, he was <laughs> actually very, he was he was giving back to the community. He was Absolutely, trying to make yeah. a difference. Investing in the community. Um, so can you just speak to who sure. he was to you and working alongside with him and just, just kind of rest in peace? Um, yeah, rest in peace, yeah. Nipsey. I just bought two shirts today yeah. from um, this, I came across like this, blogger who would like created this line i was just bought two shirts been like 162 dollars on two shirts but um megan blake one of my best friends mm-hmm. um you know my only female best friend she lived in la i've been going to la for years my dad who's here who can vouch for me <laughs> because i have a lot of haters that's like i grew up in we grew up in harlem yeah, yeah. and i grew up in harlem so um i've always catered to and been a fan of west coast music okay yeah. Facts, right? That okay? Yeah. My brother has been a, my brother who's a year older than me. He's big into East Coast music, so he's okay. like Dipset, I got it. I got it. Nas, Jay Z, yeah. and those guys are good. I've always been Dr. Dre, Snoop. Yeah. You know, uh, CMW. I've always w- been a West Coast. Yeah. End up like this. All of that. Well, CMW is uh, Compton's most wanted, so that's MCA. Yeah. You know, those guys. Okay. Um, anything West Coast has been a fan of. So I've been you know, when I started making some money, I had a job at least, yeah. and I you know, started adulting, I guess. You know, I would go to L.A. Mm-hmm. And Megan was, Megan still is my best friend. I spoke to her last night. Megan would take me everywhere. Megan would be like my Uber. Yeah. My dad, when you was here, right Megan, I said, Megan, my dad is in town. Where is he at? I'm going to pick him up. <laughs> Took him everywhere. Mm-hmm. So Megan, who's from Compton, lives now in Carson. Um, Megan would take me everywhere. So she first took me to Nipsey's store, yeah. which was like over in the swap meet. You know, that was back in 2012. Yeah. And so I have that picture on my, you know, the picture that in my house, but me and Hassan, I got the Spurs shirt on, on the wall by the TV. Oh, right, 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 He has right. a Crenshaw shirt. Right. That's so, 2012, I brought, I brought back my brother, um, a Crenshaw shirt. I'm like, yo, oh, yeah. check this out. Like, that's for you. Yeah. And he's been wearing that since. It's in that picture. And that picture was taken in 2016. Okay. So my brother had the shirt on four years later. So I met Nipsey then. Nipsey's obviously like, you know, I think he had one record at the time, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a, couple, a few records, but. He wasn't as hot as he is now. Yeah. yeah. But like, since I love West Coast music, and I love this swag and his yeah. vibe. You know, like I love that West Coast vibe. Yeah. You know, cats got the chucks on. They hardcore. Like, yeah. you know, all them cats is all about. You know, yeah, look at that. I'm like, yeah. All them cats is like real into themselves. Yeah. You know, real flashy. I always like the West Coast vibe. Like, this guys is chill. You know. Yeah. What's up, bro? You know, like that. So I get it. Um, I met Nipsey, and I was like, yo, man, like music hot, blah blah blah, and I never had his info, mm-hmm. but. I saw him at All-Star Weekend this year. Um, and I seen him a few times. Yeah. You know? um, so I wouldn't say we're friends, but I respect his music. I've been a big mm-hmm. fan of his music. And, and I have a I have a huge appreciation for West Coast artists. Yes. So when when the passing away happened on Sunday, Megan called me like, yo, your boy passed away. And I yeah. was like, who? And she said, I was like, wow. And I called yeah. my dad. Right. Yeah. My dad's like, I never heard you playing this music. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, boy, what? But, you know, he, he, he don't really, you know, like, if I play the songs, yeah, a little slow, like, a little slow. A little yeah, slow. but if yeah. I play the songs, he's like, "Oh yeah, I know the songs, but I've been playing his stuff for like yeah. you know, for, for a long time." So um, it's just sad to see that you know this guy is you know has been charged. You know, this guy, Holder. yeah, this yeah. guy actually did the crime. You know, it just really shows that like you know my dad said earlier that like you know haters come from all angles. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and you really have to watch your, you know basically how you portray yourself. Um, you know, you just gotta watch how you move, and, and it's really sad to see. And I'm actually going to the funeral. I'm going out okay. to LA to, to the funeral. Okay, 
right. Um, yeah, thank you for speaking to that. And what was it like being in his presence? And I'm glad that you spoke about... It was a well, good dude. Yeah. He was, he was a good dude. Like, and it touched a lot of people. Yeah, called me at people, one point when I told him I was yeah. writing code and all that. He's like, what'd you do? He was like, oh, you like a Zuckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> Megan said that last night yeah. on everything. Like, yeah. I called Megan now on my cell phone. Yeah. He was like, oh, you like a... He was like, he was like, he was like, he was like oh, you like a Zuckerberg. I need you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I just like that energy. You know, yeah. like, if, you know, I'm not going to name no name, but I wanted to, let's say if I go up to some artists from Harlem to East because they really feel them. So, yeah. like, you know, they'll, oh, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. But, like, he had a huge well, appreciation for, like, oh, that's something tell. different. Mm -hmm. Like, we don't see that over here. And I yeah. really, so it, it, it was like, and you look like me. And yeah. uh, so it was like, and I still, when I go to LA, I still play ball in Watts. I play ball in Compton. Yeah. You know, you know, I would just want to say also that, that it also, brings home the fact that we need to make every day count. Yeah. This is true. For sure. We we you you think because you're twenty one and you're twenty three that you're you're invulnerable. You think because I'm sixty six mm -hmm. I'm almost dead. Yeah. You know, you want to get just mm -hmm. where I am. Yeah. And we need to 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 show that respect to the elders. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And we need to really appreciate life because yeah. Death is all around, mm -hmm. but life is also all around. This is you very know? true. And, yeah. and we need to step up and, and really make every day count. Yeah. Yeah. This is very true. Glad you sure. spoke to that. Um, so I think if I think we could end this on one more question because mm -hmm. I love that point that you made. Death yeah. is all around us, but so is life. So what is the legacy that you want to leave behind with your life? Not only with the on um, public, but also with your family since you spoke about your daughter earlier today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Man. Come on now. <laughs> that's that's actually always a hard question for me because like the easiest way out is like you just want to leave like some cash behind like like you know just. Typical. But I don't yeah. like to say that. Yeah. I mean, obviously you want you know that's but mm -hmm. I think for me, legacy. You want to go first? I mean, from, I don't know. Dad, think about it. I mean, you're my you're my dad. So like, what, what would be your? I guess you can go first. I, I'll yeah. Give himself time to think. <laughs> that's, that's always a hard question. I don't. I don't. I, I, I don't. Easiest know. way is like. You, you I just want to make sure my kids, you know, my, 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 my daughter is good. Yeah. You know, you know, like you guys, what you guys are doing, this, this might be so valuable in the future. I think it's important that we understand the importance of what we're doing yes. when we're doing it. Mm -hmm. I think it's important that we have a measurement, a standard of measurement that is not necessarily conventional, mm -hmm. but to understand the value of our things outside of a monetary uh, association. Valid, yeah. Yeah. What we're doing here now, right? Yeah. yeah. Is a, okay, you're not paid now, right? You're not famous now. It does not diminish the, the significance mm -hmm. of what it is that That's you're doing. Kind of in true. fact, you guys are showing insight mm -hmm. by doing what others don't see yes so i you. commend that you. you know and thank and, you pop and, and, yeah Appreciate and that's it. and that, that's the deal you know that we we need to know yes. who we are and how valuable we are yeah in in the moment mm -hmm. the future is uncertain but all we have is now this and is we true. need to make that count yes so to answer your question i, I yeah, that was deep <laughs> <laughs> how you gonna follow exactly. it up <laughs> no, I, just, I think you know for my family like you know for my dad you know for my for my dad and my mom you know Mm -hmm. to the lady to the you know to to my daughter just want to kind of like leave a leave a sort of like this 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 trail of like trail of of, of opportunities right like yes. whether it's like you know assets and and, and stock mm -hmm. and cash and opportunities but i think also i think what's important for my legacy and, and and is that like what i see in my daughter is like a sense of classiness like okay i've always went about like i always went about my business opportunities, mm -hmm. how I move through the streets or whatever, just yeah. with a sense of like grace and class. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I never lost myself, like you said, to the yeah. PR, right? So let's say oftentimes you see these rich families, mm -hmm. or these rich parents, these kids look real ungrateful and yeah. it's great life, but yeah. like they have no skill. Yeah. I think the legacy I want to live for my daughter specifically and, and is that like, you know, what dad accomplished. Mm-hmm you know, was through, like, hard works, yeah. acquiring skills, applying himself, mm -hmm. and a sense of character. Yeah. And then I think if she can kind of, like, you know, be a replica of that, yeah. then I think she'll be, in, you know, she, she would be in a good position rather than Great. just saying, like, perhaps I'm a, um, what do you call it, like a, you know, a, a rich kid. Yeah. Or, or whatever it is. Like yeah. a trust fund baby. Trust fund baby. Yeah. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. Thank yeah. you both. Amazing answers. Yes. Yeah. Um, can you let our listeners know where they can connect with you guys? Yeah, um, they can. Anyone can email me. I'm always 
you know, public with that. Um, you can email me at um, Ali at claimitapp.com. Not really big a social media person, you know, because like, you know, like through interviews, you get a lot of DM requests and then people always want to waste your time. So, you know, I like to be on my email. So um, Ali at claimitapp.com. Mm-hmm. You can reach out to me. And I'd be happy to sort of help out anywhere, you know, anywhere cool. I can. And, 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 um, yeah, I, I have no Instagram, yeah. no, <laughs> no, no, no Facebook. I, I'm Ollie's dad. That's it. Yeah, that's what people, that's what people say. I don't even need a name. I'm Ollie's dad. Yeah, that's Ollie's dad. That's true. That's people, everybody around the street, yeah. man. Are you Drake's dad. dad. <laughs> Troy Mayweather's dad. I'm Ollie's dad. <laughs> That's it. I saw that's Drake's dad and Ali's dad hanging out last week. <laughs> so true, yeah. So true. I would love to see you guys in the room. Together. That would be like, epic. Hey, it's gonna happen. Yes, you know, it will. Maybe mm-hmm. have a podcast. Yeah. You know. <laughs> oh, that would be sick. Yeah. That'll be dope. Yeah. <laughs> and we can do anything. Seriously, true. Do anything. you guys keep up the good work. Thank, thank you so much. Really I appreciate it. 100%. Yeah. Really, thank you. Thank you, yeah. guys. So once again, guys, thank you for tuning in. Make sure if you haven't done so already, you purchased that ringtone playing all silky smooth in the background. For Android users, you can do that at the Tune Store. And for Apple users, you can do that at the iTunes Store. You also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at unapologetically D underscore. And you can make donations to our Patreon account by searching Unapologetically Different. And finally, all our shows are on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher by searching Unapologetically Different. Stay tuned for our next episode. Bye.